0: Welcome to season four of the M W Tactical Podcast. Sit back and enjoy the conversations of Rockstar Burst and myself, Michael Woodland, as we discuss the sport of shooting, goals, training, community matters, and everyday life. You are listening to the M W Tactical Podcast. Very good people we're back at it again and thank you for joining us for another installation well i need to change that thank you for joining us for the last episode of the season this week's episode is brought to you in part by aegis gun care aegis gun care is a sponsor of me and competition shooting and a sponsor of this show and if you will just go ahead and head on over to aegisguncare.com and check out all the supplies they have for all your cleaning needs for your firearms. Now, one thing about Aegis is they it comes with a pouch already assembled for your range use for any condition. That's one reason I love them. The second reason I love them, the solution really works. And when I say it knocks off the carbon, it knocks off the carbon. <laughs> so head on over to AegisGunCare.com check out what they have to offer for your gun cleaning needs and get a pouch or two. They also make great birthday presents, Christmas presents, or just gifts in general, AegisGunCare.com. Now, as always, I like to say thank you to everyone who comes on and listens to the show every week. It is greatly appreciated. Now you're going to have to wait a couple months until we say this all over again, but Right now, I want everybody to go ahead and hit that subscribe button if you're on YouTube, if you're on Spotify or whatever is your listening platform for the podcast, go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you can be notified whenever we put out information on audio format. Now YouTube, you'll be notified whenever we put up a video. Don't forget, even though we're all for the season after this week's episode, once we hit a thousand subscribers, we will still do the giveaway. It would just be impromptu. So when we hit a 1,000, you're going to get a notification. Hey, we're going to do the giveaway on this day, probably a day or two later. But we're going to do it. And I want to try to do it live again, if possible. But when we do the giveaway, I got to coordinate with Rockstar because she's about to get busy also. So got to call her boss, nag her boss, got to nag her try to fit that into the schedule but you know how we do it so as i always say y'all already know i give a hard time so we don't have to go through that introduction again but without further ado bringing forth the co-host of the m-w tactical podcast rockstar what's going on there with you Miss Rockstar?
1: oh man I, i'm sad news today mike no don't
0: be sad why, why, why are you gonna be sad
1: I think that I think the Jeep might be kaput. I think it might be RIP.
0: No, don't say that. (laughs) (laughs) The Jeep was on his last leg when you jumped over a mountain or something.
1: I think it might be done for.
0: (laughs) No. Okay. So now, what is the reason the Jeep is done or that you think it might be done? So
1: the Jeep has a major oil leak in it um like a big oil leak that's been leaking it's I think got some well it definitely has some engine damage at this point um it it ha okay I can't be mad I bought this car in 2012 like September of 2012 and it had 12,000 miles on it and it's now 2022 and I have over 234,000 miles on it so I've definitely gotten my money's worth and my miles worth and my adventures worth but it is like a piece of me this is the vehicle that I've had the longest we went on some adventures together like I'm not I'm not ready to say goodbye (laughs)
0: that's how I was with my first car um I didn't want to give it up but there's always something better. That's how I had to justify giving it up. Right. Okay. That's true. That's that's an older car. So let me go ahead and get something that's a little bit better that can help me out along the way. And (laughs) I preferred an older car because, you know, like the first car that my dad gave me was a 1974 Granada, you know, so One thing about it was a lot of people didn't know the engine in in that car was a 5.0, like Mustang engine. (laughs) So when I was in high school, I used to race that car (laughs) and I used to win like a lot of mills off of that car, (laughs) (laughs) you know, but I didn't want to give it up because the car was roomy and it had like a lot of memories in it, you know, so, but at the same time, going forward in life, you know what I'm saying? Better what I felt was better. It just caught me up to the toms, you know what I'm saying? But I don't like all the electronics in a vehicle either, so.
1: I know, I don't either. So it died yesterday. I was going to a birthday party in Green Bay and Mm -hmm. I was about 20 miles south of Green Bay and about 120 miles north of Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. And um, the engine started making some weird noises the I was like losing power in the vehicle I pulled over at a gas station like the next exit and um yeah my my dad ended up coming to get me and we actually had a really good time it took us like two hours to get back to like where my parents live Mm -hmm. and um but and the car the car died twice on the way back because it was just it's just like shot (laughs) And, uh, but he drove behind me. We were on the phone the whole time. He was navigating so We were taking these backcountry roads. I was blowing through all these stop signs because if I, if I, if I did come to a stop, I had to press on the brake and press on the gas at the same time, or I would lose wow. power. Right. So, um, you know, I'm like, I wasn't like going through them at like 60, but I was like rolling through these stop signs, but it was actually a lot of fun. We were like in the middle of nowhere. Cause I was in the middle of nowhere. Right. And, um, he was navigating so he's like on the phone he's like all right like you know in like two miles you're gonna go east on this way and then we're gonna go that way for five miles and we're gonna go south on this other road and I had to cross like two like pretty big busy highways and that was like the most stressful part but otherwise it was like a really nice scenic route and
0: <laughs> oh, wow.
1: some good like father-daughter bonding time so it wasn't terrible but I you know definitely kind of bummed that the the jeep is on life support at this moment
0: Wow sound like you had a productive weekend.
1: <laughs> yeah and it was great and then you know I went out today it was my mom's birthday so we went out for um for dinner and it was uh, my mom and my dad and then my aunt and my uncle and I just I like crashed their dinner party but <laughs> it, was, oh, wow. it was fun there we had know. a good time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so now are you going to get a rental car or are you going to go ahead and just buy a new car or are you just going to moped are around for a little Apparently, bit. I'm
1: currently, okay, so it's like bad news bears at the Burst residence with the vehicle situation. So <laughs> I'm borrowing one of my parents' vehicles. <clears throat> they, my dad has a truck and then they have a little like um, a Ford Focus and then my mom has a, uh, a Dodge Dart. Mm. So the Focus is fine. I like it, it's you know, a little zippy car. But a couple weeks ago, they took it out for dinner and they went out to a a local restaurant like five miles from where they live and it was just in the parking lot and the owner of the restaurant his daughter backed into their vehicle (laughs) (laughs)
0: wow I got a bad luck cloud of (laughs) y'all
1: <laughs> like, what is even ha- so? I'm driving around this focus with this big old dent in the back. So they're like working on that because they have to get you know they're getting a quote. The you know the the daughter felt terrible. The owner is going to cover it. It's fine, but it's like they've got to get a quote for that. and They've got to bring it into the, the body shop. My car is dead. So it's just a lot of things mm. <laughs> that are all happening right now. And I'm like,
0: ah. yeah, I, I get it. No, I get it. I get it. My weekend. I didn't do anything. I didn't have any car issues or anything like that. But um, I went down to the South Carolina State and hung out. They had like this mini um, like homecoming event. Uh, they won like a football game for whatever the title was, and I just went, hung out, had a great time, and I was like, oh my goodness. But um, yeah, I haven't went to a college homecoming in a while. So like I said, it was fun, you know, to get out, meet some new people, and um just listen to the band play. So I posted a picture on Instagram about it, me being out there. And then I had a history lesson when I was out there. And this was in Orangeburg, South Carolina. And back in 1968, there was an incident called the Orangeburg Massacre. And what actually ended up taking place, like I said, back in 1968. So um, they was trying to segregate a bowling alley. The owner didn't want to, um, open it up to people of color. So, whatever happened behind that incident, because it was the only bowling alley in town, um, police were called in, the National Guard were called in. And however it happened, the police opened up fire on the people. You know, so um, I think it was like 28 people ended up getting hurt, three people actually ended up dying. And they made a memorial out there at South Carolina state and one of the survivors, well, one of the people who were injured from that incident because they got a plaque out there. It's like three different, um, um plaques out there with all the people who was injured from that incident. And then it has the, um, the heads of the people uh, who was actually killed like bronze molding of the heads. Um, so it was, it was like, um, an interesting lesson, history lesson, you know? So I was like, oh, wow. But you know, I'm all about history, you know, but as long as I've been living in South Carolina, I only went to Orangeburg probably like two or three times, but each time I went, it was like, I was going to Charleston, but I was coming back or going, stopped at the gas station or grabbed something to eat and just got back on the interstate. I never ventured but i was like oh man there's a lot of history down there so but after what i learned over the weekend it's enough to bring me back so i can learn some more because <laughs> like I said, there's a lot of history down there. yeah yeah <clears throat> yeah so um but let's talk about a few talking points that will possibly make history within the two-way realm of things how it's going on so um you know i did some research and decided to pull up a couple of talking points and the first talking point i do want to hit up is um a florida sheriff wants to promote gun safety you know what i'm saying so i mean this isn't the first time i heard of an um, organization of the law leo or some such come out to promote gun safety you know what i'm saying so but it's kind of particular how this is happening so it also leads me to believe what are they saying behind the scenes for him to say this right then i want to go ahead and um talk about the next point which was um gun violence epidemic this is the new way of promoting you know people who are doing something with firearms illegally calling it gun violence you know and then Um, In conjunction with that same story, there was another one that said, gun violence is the leading cause of death. I have my beliefs of why I think this is, and Rockstar, she said something in conjunction with that also. So I'm curious to hear her thoughts in detail because we didn't go into detail. She just said something that let me know like, okay, this is what I think about this. And then um, the Georgia governor, he's to sign a bill for concealed carry with no permit. And I'm curious to see how this is gonna turn out, but I got my beliefs on that one as well. So, but I'm gonna go ahead and dive into this quick commercial break, come on back. And then we hit up these talking points, then see where this is gonna take us as far as us saving the world. So we're gonna see how this goes. So if you will, if you're in your vehicle, go ahead and adjust your sunglasses, turn the volume up, lean that seat back a little bit, put the car on cruise control, turn the volume up, and here are a few words from our sponsors. Hey everyone, John from Outdoor Dynamics here. We're a remanufacturer of ammunition based in Kannapolis, North
1: Carolina. We make everything from 9mm 115 grain to Specialized forty Smith & Wesson. So if you have anything from an open gun to just a standard Glock 19, feel free to reach out to us at OutdoorDynamics.net or we're on Instagram and Facebook with OutdoorDynamics and we're always here for you. Happy to answer any questions you have. Are you in need of a new firearm and are planning to make your purchase online? Well, you're going to need a Federal Firearms Licensee, or FFL, to receive shipment of your purchase, to process your paperwork, and to conduct your background check. CAE Transfers is your affordable FFL solution with a cost of only $20 per item or $15 per item with the presentation of your South Carolina Concealed Weapons Permit. If you live in Columbia, South Carolina or its surrounding areas, choose CAE Transfers as your FFL during checkout and let me help you complete your online gun purchase. You can find and follow CAE Transfers on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram using CAE Transfers. Thank you for your business and let me know that MW Tactical sent you. Mental Health and Guns. At Walk the Talk America, we are working with both the mental health community and the gun industry. Created by a gun industry veteran, Walk the Talk America seeks to raise awareness and create change through suicide prevention and firearm safety without legislation. We strive to eliminate the prejudice that firearms and mental health face. For more information and to support Walk the Talk America, please visit walkthetalkamerica.org.
0: All right, good people. We're back at it again. And thank you for sitting through that commercial break and joining us again. So as I always say, hit up those sponsors and let them know that you heard about let them know you heard about them through the M-W Tactical Podcast. Now, um, as I had told you already, the weekend for me was pretty interesting. But coming across these topics, it almost makes me want to think what is really going on. All right? Because I want to ask you this. The last time you saw so much on TV about shootings was how long ago?
1: Mm I remember before the 2020 election.
0: Okay. So it's been a while for you too, right? So I'm like, okay, maybe I'm not going crazy here because it's almost like they were shielding it. They wasn't talking about it for whatever reason. Now, all of a sudden they're showing it more.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. right and this is what i told somebody who i was talking to about this outside of the podcast look how big america is right look at all the crime that happens in america so the same crime probably happens in multiple cities day in and day out you know but shootings are always going to happen because of emotions are involved emotions and egos, but you got politicians are trying to use it for a political gain, right? Because they can't get into office or get into um, that seat unless you vote for them. So obviously, hey, this is what we're trying to do. And this is a check mark on my resume, you know? But then when they're in office, now is it a way to funnel money to a certain project to help somebody out for helping them out get elected or something like that just roughly thinking out loud you know so what are your thoughts on this florida sheriff who wants to promote gun safety
1: well i think it's interesting i mean you've got kind of the the florida um the florida sheriff and the the California sheriff kind of telling people the same thing, right? Like, hey, we're not available to help you. So you should really learn how to help yourself. And <laughs> I think it's kind of funny, the, um, <clears throat> the article, the title of the article says, A Florida Sheriff promotes gun safety course for residents to shoot home invaders. And then it says, we prefer that you do. <laughs> which kind of made me chuckle and then it says underneath that it says Florida sheriff says homeowners are more than welcome to shoot intruders so (laughs) I mean it's you know take that with a grain of salt I mean I do find it kind of humorous but I mean we should we can't just like go around shooting at people um however (laughs) the (laughs) the premise of the story is um essentially that this um this guy was arrested and he had broken into multiple different homes and um finally he was stopped by a homeowner who had fired multiple gunshots at this guy so and if you see the mugshot of this guy it just looks like he's crazy like it makes me think remember like a couple of years ago when they had those guys who were like eating bath salts i'm like this guy looks yeah. like he was eating bath salts <laughs> <laughs> Not quite sure what he's up to, but path cells might be um in his repertoire. But anyways, so um the uh you know one of the homeowners of the houses that this guy was breaking into uh, shot at him, and um the the criminal fled the scene, and eventually the police caught up with him and got him cornered, and then um you know they they arrested him so um i think it's really interesting right because and i i know florida has a stand your ground law i remember that from like the trayvon martin case and the castle doctrine and all of that stuff um but like it really you like that's one of those things that you really need to learn state by state so um it does vary uh, depending on like where you're located and what your current ordinances say. And like, like in Wisconsin, we have a, we have castle doctrine um, and, you know, stand your ground laws and things like that. But it's, you know, important to know that before you just uh, shoot people who break into your home. Um, But I do think that it is very interesting that the, you know, that the sheriff is kind of promoting this. Um, But it, 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 you know, it, it's sort of this um it just takes one deterrent right like if if you know that if you're if you're a bad guy and and you see a story where you know the cops are essentially telling homeowners to take things into their own hands I do think that word would travel and criminals might think twice quite as Eager to break into houses, especially if they know that the um, the police department is on the side of the homeowner. So yeah, I and I'm I'm you know I'm very much all for being able to defend your space and protect your home and, and do those sort of things. I think the the wording is maybe not quite as you know politically correct as you should be using if you're the sheriff of a, a department. But um, I, I don't disagree with the uh, with the premise of of what he's saying.
0: I agree with you, Um, but also I'm a firm believer in this sheriff promoting gun safety, and if you dig into his words a little bit more, he is saying, like you said, the same thing they were saying in California, get a firearm, protect yourself, because we might not be able to come to help you out when you need us, (laughs) you know, but this is the same thing. A lot of us have been saying over the course of years, right? Because some areas that I frequent all the time, you know, outside of the state of South Carolina, that is, some police officers can't get to you to render help um, between seven to 13 minutes, you know? And to put it in perspective or a better understanding, me being infantry in the army, your life expectancy was 30 seconds to one minute on the battlefield, right? I mean, honestly, just sit there for 30 seconds and just look at a wall. That's like an eternity, <laughs> you know, especially like if your life is on the line. Now, imagine this person or imagine yourself being a victim of a crime and you don't have the necessary means to protect yourself. You're just going into guerrilla warfare now to protect yourself, right? But you already called nine one one. Officers are on the way, but they show up five to seven minutes later. How much damage can be done within that time frame?
1: Um, a lot.
0: Yes, you know. So uh, I don't know any other way to say it. Um, other than when the pandemic was broadcasted, like, two years ago. And then you start hearing all these people, hey, just do the right thing, get a shot, stay in the house. But then when those homes started getting break, broken into, those neighborhoods started getting overwhelmed. Now you start seeing those same people who was against firearms going out to get firearms. And they was mixing in more chaos because the people who are against it necessarily didn't know how to shoot it. Right. You know what I'm saying? So you're doing more harm than good. Right. You know. Um, I do believe a lot of people think you know, if I just flash a firearm at somebody, that's enough to scare them to go away. I'm I'm a firm believer that you flash a firearm at somebody, they're gonna come back and get you. If they don't leave, then they're gonna leave, but they're coming back because it's an ego trigger. You yeah. know, in the sense of speaking. Um, just like how many of us heard that saying, people um, oh, if I pull out my shotgun, I just you know, charge it, that's enough to make the bad guy run away. I don't believe that one either. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of people might start thinking, okay, you got that shotgun, you only got like, what, six, eight rounds in it? Okay, we're going to draw that out. And then when they get their hands on you, how's that going to plan out for you? You know what I'm saying? Just thinking, rough case scenario outside of the box. Right, But I believe that sheriff should have actually said, hey, go get a firearm, go seek out a reputable trainer, right? If you can't find a reputable trainer, link up with our office, we'll point you in the right direction, X, Y, Z, right? Get trained, know how to shoot, how to defend yourself and your property if need be. You know? So, but that's the second sheriff I heard publicly say it like over the media like that (laughs) you know
1: that's yeah well actually that's that's the third for me because in milwaukee well i wasn't living in milwaukee when david clark said this but david clark said the same thing he was like you need to get your own gun because we're not going to be able to get to you in time
0: i forgot all about him yeah so yeah so that's well actually four now well no three that would be three for me um because california louisiana Oh, no, it was California. It was either Louisiana or Mississippi, one of those okay. sheriffs. Um, and now Florida. You know, and then, you know, Mr. Clark. <laughs> but um, but the ones out, what was it? It had to be Louisiana. But they was kind of vigilant the way they done it. You know, and they had like the whole, like 30 police officers behind the sheriff and he said his piece and everything. It was like, he was straight up like, okay, you mess around. This is what's going to happen. He was laying it all out there, but he wasn't saying it in a politically correct way. But if you read between the lines, you got the message. You know what I'm saying? But everybody is saying the same exact thing, but even the Supreme court actually said, it's not the job of the police force to protect protect you. you. You know what I'm saying? So if they're not there to protect you, And then if you look at the laws throughout the land over the course of years, you are your first line of defense. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you have to be proactive and make it happen, you know? But then again, like I've already told you beforehand, I believe a lot of people live in a fictitious world.
1: Right.
0: You know what I'm saying? So,
1: I just, I don't know. Like, what is your take on this? Because I feel like, like why would you want to give that power away why would you want to rely on the government to defend you especially when the government has a really terrible track record of protecting human lives like i just would not i i am not comfortable at all i mean in my mind, I want to take charge of that situation. Yes, I will. If if someone broke into my house right now, would I call 911? Yes, absolutely, I would call 911. However, I would not just hide in my closet or hide under my bed until they got there. I would do something proactive to make sure that I'm in the best position to protect my well-being and and my own personhood until help potentially arrives.
0: Well, I mean, honestly, think about it for people to even think along their lines, that goes into that false sense of security, right? But the same people who are living in that false sense of security don't understand what you're giving up by saying that, right? right? Because you might not be into firearms or you don't like firearms specifically, but as soon as you give up that right as a citizen, what is going to change in your life once you give that up
1: right
0: you see what i'm saying because there's going to be a power influx between one or two sides <laughs> you know yeah and a lot of people don't understand or see that yeah. you know so um only thing i can honestly say look at what took place in other nations but other people are going to say well it's not america yeah, other places did not have the Second Amendment as we have it written into our law, but the outcome will be the same because the actions speak for themselves. Right? You can get in a car accident in any country in the world. Guess what? It can either be fatal or you can walk away from it. <laughs> right? Because accident is an accident. Right? So look at what took place in Germany. Right? And a lot of people don't understand or realize this that process that took place and then once they gave away their firearms and then their possessions jury and savings and all that look at the state they was in afterwards right you know and then fast forward to just a couple years ago with venezuela and i keep saying this practically every other show right they convinced the people to give up their arms and then now the people needed food Government don't want to feed the people, you know. Can't right. can't hunt, can't do, yeah. you know? You can't do nothing, you know. So it's kind of sad. It's kind of sad. All right, so let's move forward with the, the gun violence epidemic, yeah. All right? But I want to come combine these two articles, you know. And we're going to post these articles and um, show notes. So everybody, if you want to click on it and read what we're talking about, feel free and comment, you know, leave your email us or leave your views in the comments, but the gun violence epidemic and gun violence leading cause of death, right? So whichever one you want to hit first, I'll let you take the lead on this one.
1: Okay. So, well, I want to talk about this one. I think it's in the Guardian It says how gun violence becomes a leading cause of death among U.S. youth, data shows. So I want to talk about this because there's a couple things that are really interesting. So one, it says the report reveals a 30% increase in firearm-related deaths between 2019 and 2020, including incidents of suicides and accidental shootings. So then it goes on to say like how blah, 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 like, and I want to actually read this report. Um, says gun violence over to car accidents as the leading cause of death among children and adolescents in the U.S. in 2000, according to a report from the University of Michigan. And then it was published in the New England Journal of Medicine, um, which I will read at some point. But, okay, so then you, uh, you keep reading, you keep reading, you keep reading. This is what's really, they just kind of throw this little tidbit into this article <coughs> and completely ignore it. And they move back on to the gun violence thing but it says um the number of deaths from car accidents and gun homicides among infants children and young adults has been growing closer since 2016. then they just throw in this little thing and they just completely ignore it it said drug overdoses and poisoning increased by more than 80 percent between 2019 and 2020 the researchers found to become the third leading cause of death among this demographic So like, okay, they want to talk about this thing being a pandemic, but like the real pandemic is actually this ongoing drug problem that we have. And it's uh, increased drastically in the past couple years. And, you know, there's all this, all this talk about suing these firearms manufacturers and, you know, shutting down guns and blah, blah, blah. But where is, where is the the fight to shut down big pharma? Like how many kids have died of opioid overdoses? How many kids have died of heroin? How many kids have died of methamphetamines? Like this is a real problem and it's just being completely swept under the rug. One, for a couple of reasons, in my opinion, one, the pharma, almost every single politician in Congress has stock in pharmaceutical companies. And I understand why it's a good bet they make money every year it's solid. i don't at this point i don't even know if it's like a partisan issue it's like a money issue right like they know that they're going to get paid out of it but uh it's also really hard to legislate those people when they're funding your you know your retirement and 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 your your income Mm -hmm. so there's no you know there's no going to bat against big pharma but you know guns are a hot topic and firearms are taboo and there's enough um people who are literally trying to disarm the american populace that this is like a hot button issue uh secondly it is a it's an election year and uh mike and i were talking about this before we hopped on uh just how it seems interesting that every time there is an election that all of a sudden all these gun stories kind of come out of the woodwork and something that kind of went mia for the past 18 months is now becoming at the forefront of everybody's mind again. So I, there's something to kind of keep track of as far as the news cycle goes, because there's a lot of manipulation that goes on um, as you're you know, going into an election year and something to pay attention to. But it, at that, when I read that little sentence in that article, that really bothered me because I'm like, wait, here, <clears throat> here we have like some, some real problems with the, with the drug industry um that's you know killing and harming a lot of people and there's no one going after well i shouldn't say no one but it's you know it's not nearly as mainstream as a topic than taking away everyone's guns is um and then they say although 2020 marked the first year that more children in teens were killed by guns in a car accidents, it's been the number one cause of death among black teenage boys for over 15 years or sorry, it's been um, the number of cause of black teenage boys over 15 for at least a decade. Um, <clears throat> so it says most of them were killed um, with uh, guns that were unsecured in neighborhoods that they grew up in. Well, that's a whole other thing too. I mean, if we're going to talk about the youth and um, you know, the black community and just all of the the things that kind of plague that it's like, there's, that's a whole other talking point. So I feel like to just single out that specific instance, um, you know, like there's a lot of things that go into that. Um, I feel like rap music and movies glorify a lot of gun violence. And that's what a lot of those kids are looking up to. And that's. You know, kids are very impressionable. I would also say video games are probably not great to, you know, let kids play all day because that for sure has an impact on how, you know, how they're interacting with the world around them. So yeah, I just, I mean, I need to actually read the report and dig more into it, but it's, in my mind, it's more of a political hit piece. It's more of a way to uh, continue to try to take away people's right to bear arms. That's obviously the goal and clearly what they're going for, which is <laughs> frustrating and it's never going to stop. Um, there's actually, um, there's a quote by, um, this guy, his name's Alexander, I don't even know how to say his last name. Um, but he was in the Gulag and, um, he talks about, I want to find it cause it's actually a really good quote. Um, and he's basically talking about how the people who are trying to take away your freedom and, you know, disarm you and hurt you, never, never get tired. You know, they, they're not, they're not going to stop. They're, um, they're not, they're not going to get tired. They're not going to give up the fight. So as much as, you know, we talk about this every week and it's, it's, it is, it is sometimes, feels like we're beating a dead horse but um the other side is not they're relentless and their their goal is to make sure that people like you and I don't have firearms anymore so um we can't let off the gas and we can't give up the fight and we can't stop talking about it because they're they're not going away and but it's like a it's like a sad and sorry truth that we have to live with but um Yeah, I I feel like stories like these are going to become more and more and more and more and more prevalent as we get closer and closer to the midterm elections.
0: I totally agree, totally agree. Um, Now, one thing, um, the point that you was talking about earlier between um, guns and the vehicles, um, I actually pulled up a chart when you had said that. And the chart that I'm looking at is from the Violence Policy Center. Okay. And it starts from 1999 until 2014. And in 1999 with motor vehicle deaths, it was between 40 and 45,000. Gun deaths or you know firearm deaths um, in 1999 was between 25 and 30,000, closer to 30,000 right and then it, when you look at it going forward to 2014 it started bridging coming closer together around about 2009 right but let's stay back into history so what was taking place around about that time frame in 2009? Yeah.
1: 2009 yeah so obama had just gotten elected
0: yeah and then it was like the police force against low-income neighborhoods so now that's when you started seeing all the rash of police shootings and all that started taking place yeah all right and um and then of course you know going forward um there was only maybe a difference what, about five no oh, I'm gonna say this right here is about 28 29. No, I'm sorry. Let's call this about 34,000, 33,000 with firearms. And then with motor vehicles, it's roughly about 36, maybe 37. Probably not that close, but um, I'll put this in the show notes also. But um, another thing um, that you have said, even when you turn around and you look at it, why are you attributing firearm deaths as the leading cause of death amongst people now? Um, Let's look at a a few things that's taking place. All right, so let's look at, because we can only talk about things that we've been through or that we can relate to that we know of, correct? So when you look at it, what about somebody who is providing for their family? And they can't provide for their family anymore. And then they take, go ahead and, you know, end their self, thinking the possibility the insurance money will help them off for a little bit. Right. So it's, it's a hard topic to even think about, but how many people think like that, you know, or just somebody who's going through a rough period of time and they just can't deal with anything? anymore and that's their way out you know then again look at the pandemic when that happened how many people lost their jobs and then turned to crime just to provide for their family but they went into the wrong house or they tried to go into the wrong car you know what i'm saying and they got ended now the other side of it is, is yes, we are starting to see an influx of people being portrayed over the media as far as doing illegal activities with their firearms in crowded places. I honestly believe this starts in the household, you know? So, and this might sound kind of harsh saying this, but For me, the problem starts at home, whereas two people who decide to have a child together, after that child is born, they don't see eye to eye no more. You know what I'm saying? So the foundation of family is not even being taught like it used to be, right? Honestly, my grandparents been together for a long time before their death, you know? a lot of people are not fortunate enough to see families stick together like that, you know? So of course, if that was taught again, church becomes relevant again, you know, would that actually stop it, right? Honestly, I believe part of the problem is if you get rid of government assistance in certain um, places, not places, but in certain instances, instead of people just using it as a means of constantly getting pregnant to get this assistance, the cycle will stop partially. And this is the reason why I say this because a lot of people actually know, okay, well, I get this government assistance, but this man can't live with me. You know what I'm saying? So now you always hear these women, I'm raising this kid by myself. Well, you didn't have to. It sounds like a choice you made but not every situation is the same, you know? So I believe it starts in the household. Then when you look at it from a society standpoint, equality, right? Because I believe there's more than enough money to go around, you know what I'm saying? So it it shouldn't be like you're keeping a group of people down, but then you're looking at them to spend more of their money just to help keep them down. You know, that was in by design but I do believe that there is plenty of money to go around, you know, jobs. You need jobs in certain areas, right? And of course, you know, Chicago is the punching bag when you turn around and you look at when they say, you know, violence with firearms, right? Put jobs in those areas. And you're gonna see crime drop tremendously because what do they resort to because they can't make a true living to provide for themselves or their families drugs you know so if anybody's thriving out there it's the police force <laughs> in that sense of speaking you know and take it back to school right and get rid of that negative connotation of dividing the school system. You know, keep everything fair, put quality teachers in these places, and then you're going to see an uptick in educational value go into play, right? Associated with jobs. That's going to lessen crime altogether because now this kid is going to look at the potential to get out of the situation he's in instead of looking forward to going to jail which will propel society forward even more, you know? And then the last point I had was entertainment. Just like you said, certain music, certain movies, they perpetrate that, you know? But I do believe you need to bring back R&B as it was back in the 80s, all right? You need to talk about love a little bit more. Rap songs? They don't have no substance today. One or two of them might, but majority of it doesn't. You got to bring back the storytellers. You know, make it worthwhile to listen to. Because, what the last couple of years, even when you listen to rap, only thing you hear, only thing I hear people talking about is how much money they got, how many women they um, went through, and then how many people they shot but what other genre of music is doing that No, so oh, no i
1: listen to the country so you're talking country. to the wrong girl <laughs> yeah
0: so i am like so even when you turn around you look at it like <clears throat> I, I was a big hip-hop fan when i was when i was younger <laughs> right now you'll hear me listen to a little bit of rap and it's mainly underground rap but it's nothing talking about people killing each other, doing drugs, or anything like that, it's the conscience rap, the knowledge rap that I like. But then I listen to the music I grew up on, pretty much old school R&B, talking about love. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I think once you go and you start putting those old school values back into society, you're gonna see a change, right? What about the commercials we used to see on TV? you don't even see those commercials no more, you know? um, Even even if it was, just say no to drugs, you know? um, What about, this is your brain on drugs? That was probably the most popular commercial out there. (laughs) You don't even (laughs) see stuff like that anymore. But TV isn't what it was 20, 30 years ago either, right? Because everything now is going to a subscription base, right? To help keep you poor. Right, and probably a lot of grandparents out there called the TV the idiot box, they saw back then what we're dealing with now, you know. So, gun violence leading, I don't believe that one because I think that's just a talking point, as we already stated beforehand, for a political game, right? You know, for these elections or whatever the case may be, but now. There's going to be a lot of people that's going to say, oh, I disagree with you, Michael. Okay, so if you disagree with me, explain to me what's gun violence. I honestly believe gun violence is a made-up term that politicians came up with, you know, to push forward their agenda. Just something, a keyword, so when you hear it, it makes you remember certain things, you know, even like when you look at, um, all right, so like, if I was to ask you right now, what's a mass shooting? What is your definition of a mass shooting?
1: Well, I mean, there really isn't one. I mean, they've they've gone back and forth on like what it looks like. And there's like some like loose statistics of like, it's four Mm -hmm. or more people who are unrelated in this public space. But it's not like, it's not set in stone, you know.
0: But now remember, Back in the day, when it was a mass shooting, it was always one person or a group of people just taking out a mass number of people who was unaware of what was taking place, right? Now, when you have a conflict between one or two people or a group of people against each other, and now random people start getting hit, that's not a mass shooting.
1: No. That's wrong place, wrong time,
0: unfortunately. Yeah, because it's just, okay, you don't know how to shoot. You're just spraying and praying. Right? But that's what they're starting to use, those yeah. keywords and media to get you on board with what the politicians are doing, along with them trying to clean up their wording also. Because what do we say that um, the administration now is saying? It? It's like the Gun Safety Reform Act? Yeah you know Something saying done. like come on now that, that ain't nothing but a fancy way of saying hey we, we're gonna take your firearms away from you <laughs> <laughs> that's all that is you know exactly yeah so gun violence mass shooting no such thing right? right well mass shootings is but we haven't heard of anybody doing mass shootings for a long time right the last one was that school um the school shooting where the guy ran up in the school started shooting the officers oh. didn't go in and help out. Um, well, no, that was in Florida, but it was one after Florida that made the national headlines. Well,
1: there was Sandy Hook, and then there was the Florida shooting, and there was the Bob, um, and then there was a concert in Vegas.
0: Yeah, so the the last one I'm talking about was um, the one in Florida, but there was another school shooting that happened after the one in Florida. That was the last one, because once again, it was one person went up in the school, started shooting, mass shooting, right? Even like, um, it was a couple weeks ago here in Columbia, South Carolina, there was a shooting at the mall, right? The shooting at the mall was between two different individuals behind somebody who got murdered in 2018. That's not a mass shooting. Right like I said, 15 people ended up getting injured behind this, you know, from firearms. But that was an encounter between two different people. That wasn't a mass shooting. (laughs) You know? Right. So you got to be careful on these terminologies and how they're trying to paint the picture. Right. You know, to win you over. So it's kind of scary. But then again, it's a game of chess. (laughs) you (laughs) turn around and you look at it. You know, but... um but uh let's dive into a quick commercial break and then come back and hit up this last topic also all right so um if you will this is your time to go ahead and refresh your drinks utilize the restroom come on back and we'll be back after these words from our sponsors This is Brian. Thank you so much for listening to the N-W Tactical Podcast. Michael has been a great supporter of Hunter's HD Gold, and it's my pleasure to be a support for his podcast as well. Make sure you check out the Hunter's HD Gold website for prescription orders
1: and also custom orders where you can use your own frame for your Hunter's HD Gold lenses. Or
0: if you want to try the new Hunter's HD Ruby, we have information there as well. Cause we always use in Trivex lenses as our base material and all our lenses are photochromic. So they change so you don't have to. So thank you again for listening to the M-W Tactical podcast and we'll see you at the range soon. JM4 Tactical has developed a state of the art polymer holster that will quickly become your go-to holster. With high-quality Hermit Oak leather, securely sewn to the interior of the molded outer Bolteron shell, your draw becomes silent and no more scratches up and down your firearm. When seconds count, you can rest assured that you will have the upper hand when you need it most. Whether you carry open or concealed, the Relic Holster is available in four different models, fitting over hundreds of different style guns. The new reliable, easy, Light individual carry holster by JM4 Tactical. Order your relic today at JM4Tactical.com. What's up, good people? Thank you for taking the time and listening to the M W Tactical Podcast. Please go visit the M W Tactical store at www mw wtacticalcom forward slash store and help support our efforts by purchasing a shirt or two. If you haven't done so, go follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for M-W-Tactical. Hey good people, we're back at it again and thank you for sitting through that commercial break. And once again, like we always say, let those sponsors know that you heard about them through the M-W Tactical Podcast. Now, um, what my intentions were for this show, since it was the last show of the season, was I wanted to go ahead and call up a couple of our friends that are mutual friends between Rockstar and myself, and just have a quick inner, like you know, a quick conversation between them to see what they have going on, and just say what's up. So everybody can hear, like, the conversations that we have with some of our friends. But at the time of the recording, it's pretty much everybody's bedtime. (laughs) So we decided not to do that and just go ahead and just do the show the regular way. Because I know some people are going to be like, oh, you didn't do anything special? You know, I don't even celebrate my birthday, so... And half the time, I only tell people it's my birthday until like a day or two later. So they can't say, hey, let's go do this. Nope. No, that was then. This is now. So we're not going to do that. (laughs) All right. So, um, but this last talking point that I do want to hit up is um, Georgia governor is poised to sign a bill for concealed carry with no permit. How do you feel about that?
1: I'm here for it. (laughs) I'm here for all of that (laughs) That yes I think I think I don't think we should like I I feel like having a permit to carry is not that's not constitutional there's nothing in the second amendment that says you need to be um you know you need to have a permit to carry a gun that's not that's not in there um and I think it's a way to discourage people from obtaining firearms I understand the idea that it's like you know safe but think about it this way if you have like you have a driver's license you have a permit to drive and if you if you violate that they can take away your license and then you can't drive i mean you can still drive but not legally so i just feel like having a permit in place is just another layer of legislation that is taking away from our actual second amendment rights that we have um yeah, I'm very against it. I, I'm, but I'm like, I'm anti-state. Like, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm like, burn it down and start it over. Because at this point, the <laughs> Constitution's been totally trampled on by a whole bunch of people. <laughs> yeah.
0: See, now, I think both ways on it. I'm, I'm a firm believer in, like, oh yeah, I'm all for it. But then when you look at it from a society standpoint, when people get out there and they start walking around with it how many people are gonna actually walk around with a firearm thinking it's a deterrent for whatever reason? Not understanding like you're making yourself more of a target by doing something like that. You know, that's in the open carry configuration. Now, in a concealed manner, this person pulls out a firearm and we already know not too many people go out and train or actually understand the true concept of aiming, even under pressure, when you're shooting. Because number one point is you gotta remember you are responsible for everything that comes out of that firearm, bad guy or property or innocent bystander, you know? So basically what I'm saying is I like the concept of you going through somebody to say like you are certified but the vetting process of whoever you're going through what is their training curriculum to propel people for that responsibility in society you know because i even say it for here in south carolina if you go get a cwp south carolina only requires you know the bare minimum And when I say bare minimum, it's just enough, if you say the wrong thing at the wrong time, you're going to jail, (laughs) right? That's how bare it is because their curriculum or their process is not designed for you to dive into um, the laws and the rules behind firearms, right? And it's a thin line between not knowing and knowing to go to jail you know here in south carolina when a firearm is associated but how many instructors out there are being proactive to teach the why and what you got to do but how many people are just following that list of topics that south carolina says hey, okay this is all you need to teach this is all we requiring you to teach you know what i'm saying but I mean, I, I'm a firm believer in that. <laughs> that's just, that's the only way I really feel somewhat safe when I see somebody carrying a firearm. But then again, it, it ain't nothing you'd be like, where'd you go to get your training at? Who'd you go through? How many hours you got behind the trigger? <laughs> you know, it ain't like you gonna have conversations like that. But I guess it's just what I'm trying to say is just a relative peace of mind knowing somebody went through a CWP class. But even if you went through a CWP class, it doesn't necessarily mean you know how to shoot. Because when the pandemic happened, people wanting their CWPs went out the roof. I mean, it was like everybody was sold out at one point in time. But a CWP class is not where you go to learn how to shoot at either. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it's, it's, you know, it's like a double-edged sword. That man, is man, so sick. I'm in the middle. I'm in the middle. <laughs>
1: I'm not. I'm far right on that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think the state should have any power. I don't think the state should be telling people who can have a firearm and that they need a piece of paper to own one.
0: I'm with you on that. And like like I said, me thinking, for me, yeah, I'm 100% in everything you're saying, but when you look at society... That's how I look at it. Like in order for us to survive in a society, that's where the other part of that decision is coming at. You know what I'm saying? Maybe that's just the the leader in me far as decisions I had to make. I had to make for, you know, either a platoon of people or a squad of people. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So it wasn't never like really just based off of me. It was always other people. And a lot of times when I make decisions in life, that's how I look at things. Like, okay, how will this affect other people off the decision I make right now? You know, But I don't know, man, like I said, I'm torn in the middle. I'm still torn in the middle. Right well,
1: Wisconsin's an open carry state. So that probably has a lot to do with what, and it has been for a long time. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, you and I, I've always appreciated that. I remember going to the Capitol when I was younger, And, you know, people were outside with their rifles, like, slung across their chest. And it wasn't like, you know, they could do that. It was a legal thing. They didn't need to have a permit. They could just be there and have their firearm. As long as it's visibly, you know, seen by the public, like, you can legally open carry a firearm here.
0: What do you think about this? You go buy a firearm, you got to take a proficiency test with that firearm, see how well you can shoot it.
1: I don't know who like but that's still giving power to the state
0: it is but I'm I'm just trying to think of something that's (laughs) that's a little bit more feasible
1: (laughs) But I think that's you know that's how how do you how do you raise a better human like you just need better humans around them correct yeah the -hmm. state doesn't do that you need intrinsic values that want or inspire people to be better
0: I mean, but look at it from this standpoint, um, even with me doing firearms, like helping other people out, learning how to shoot.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How many people actually sit there in front of you? Oh, yeah, my dad taught me how to shoot. Oh, well, I grew up around firearms. But then as soon as you start talking, the shooting portion it's like, OK, we're starting block one. You really don't know what you thought you knew, but OK, let me help you out here. <laughs> and then you dive into it that way, you know. But what about the people that actually does the whole, you know? Oh, I'm retired military, or I'm ex police officer. But it was 30 years ago. Last time they touched a firearm, how much did they forget? <laughs> right. You know, because yeah. shooting is like a, 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 any other skill, like a foreign language. If you don't use it, you're going to lose it. You know. Yeah. Even with me not even doing competition shooting, like if I don't if I don't go for two weeks, man, when I touch the fire, I'm like, oh man, hold on, hold on, I forgot something. <laughs> I'm not in that rhythm no more that I was in when I was doing it every week, you know. And um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I, I just think something has to be put in place, some type of proficiency test, or I don't know, some checks and balances. I, I don't know, man. <laughs> annual checkup or something i don't know <laughs> 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 oh man like, let's see what your proficiency is uh, come out here and challenge <laughs> the police officers and get 10% but, that, but
1: how is but how is that different than like poll taxes or like you know what i mean like that's just another way to say people aren't proficient to have something
0: yeah it is it is but um, i don't know raise the bar up or something um, <laughs> all right shoot these 50 rounds and if if you're 50 out of 50 on a target at various distances, you know, you don't pay taxes for two months. <laughs> so <Some, laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you get everybody out there shooting. <laughs> Glad
1: I can maybe get behind.
0: <laughs> yeah. You got to raise the bar a little bit. You know, <laughs> make it interesting in some sense. But um, I, I've been thinking about that one for years. Like even like when I moved back here to South Carolina, when I got out of the army, Um, I was talking with sled beforehand and the biggest thing that I'm totally against is a lot of places in the country. Like right now, if you're in the military, um, you don't have to go through like certain training to get a CWP, right? South Carolina is one of those places. Like it's pretty much, you just got to shoot, do the shooting portion. You don't got to sit through the class. You know, I was like, man, that's the first way appetite of, you know, ending your career in the military (laughs) because the military don't play with the firearm conviction of any type, you know, as soon as you, Oh, guilty. All right. You're getting out of the army. We're going to chop you out right now. You know, at least that's always been my experience. What I always seen people, you know, dealing with firearms in the military, but my arguing point was there are a lot of people who are in the military that don't know how to shoot. Because depending on your MOS, right, in the regulations, it says, like, you only got to qualify with your firearm twice a year.
1: But where in the Second Amendment does it say that you have to know how to shoot?
0: That's true. But let's talk about the public safety of people by knowing how to shoot. <laughs> you, know, like, you get everybody out there spraying and praying, like, yeah, I, I fired 85 shots, but I hit them twice, <laughs> you know? Like, those, those numbers ain't good right there, <laughs> you know? cuz I'm more like um if I pull the trigger 10 times I I want 10 rounds into the target when I'm aiming at I don't want to be hitting Sally's car or you know Ned's more <laughs> trash can around the corner I want to hit the person <laughs> you know but I see where you're going at I see where you're getting at but um
1: I get what you're saying. I mean, save, like obviously, especially now with everyone trying to take away firearms, like this mm-hmm. idea of safety is a, a hot topic thing. You know, it's on everyone's radar.
0: I believe that if um, whatever happened back in the day, and let's, let's just happen to say when um, slavery was abolished because one rule that they actually gave um, people, you're gonna have one firearm in your house you know, handgun or shotgun, pick your poison. And I think if they was not to do that, I think the transition of firearm usage would have been passed down generation to generation if society was to be fair, you know what I'm saying? Because that was one of the tools they was using to incarcerate people fast, also firearms, right? Or you wasn't legally doing what you was supposed to do put you back in jail, back into slavery, you know? So when you look at it from that standpoint, like, how do you correct it? You know, a lot of places in the country, they do free firearms training, but is it quality? Or is it just enough to say, I learned about this firearm, but the person has to be proactive also. hmm you know yeah i
1: feel like the person has to be pro but that's with anything i mean that's not just yeah. like you know if you want to get good at something you've got to practice and i mean we don't i feel like we take the second amendment for granted a lot and we don't feel like we have to train because we can keep our government at bay for the most part because we do have guns right. um i think it would be different if we uh, we're, you know, at at another civil war situation where we're fighting on our own turf and, you know, defending what we believe to be our side of the country, you know? So it's like, um, I think people are complacent because, well, one, they can be, and two, like, there's so many other distractions in American life right now that how many people, even people who own, multiple firearms like how often are
0: they actually training with them you know right i do believe a lot of people just buy firearms just to say i got the latest and greatest don't do anything with it Um, but i do know some people they will buy four or five firearms within an eight month time period and then they'll start selling those off and then they'll repeat the process all over again (laughs) You know, like, but they actually shoot them, though. They don't just sit on them, you know. So so I know both sides of the fence when it comes to firearms stuff. But I'm still divided, though. Okay, I'm not divided. I'm all in acceptance of, okay, nobody should have to pay for a permit. Nobody should have to do the extra. My peace of mind I'm more like okay, if I know somebody was to do something, I know okay if something went down you should be trained enough to handle the situation. I'm still saying the same thing, still the same thing.
1: <laughs> and you're still now you're just like the that's like I feel like it's the police telling you you gotta protect yourself man you can't rely on other people you just gotta do it yourself
0: <laughs> yeah that's what it is that's what it is. <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna go ahead and um end the show and think about that one. <laughs> How can I word that better? <laughs> but I am pro, I am pro firearm, though. I am pro. <laughs> we we should know that one by now. <laughs> All right, so um, but like we already said beforehand, this is the last show of the season. So just like always, we're always gonna say it. Like contact us on social media, send us an email, or just follow us and then see what we got coming up next, right? So we're going to take a season break, whereas I can focus more on the season for competition shooting. Hopefully reach my goal of becoming an A-class shooter within 2022 so I can make a new goal for 2023, you know? So as I always say, go ahead and do a search on social media for at M underscore W tactical, and you will find me on facebook youtube instagram pinterest tiktok and whatever else i use that um handle on <laughs> if you want to get in contact with me you can email me at info at m-w tactical.com and the little assistant is running that email and she'll actually get back in touch with you because she says i can't email no more or touch the computer so we, we'll see how that work out <laughs> right but please go ahead and um like follow and subscribe on all the platforms that I'm on and go head on over to the website m-wtactical.com and click on the follow me tab and then you'll see everything that we're associated with as well now if you want to follow rockstar you can do so at
1: you can find me on instagram at rockstarburst b-e-r-s-t and uh that's the only platform that i'm really active on right now i got rid of my facebook for lent i don't even celebrate lent but it was a good excuse to get off the internet for a little bit and i have not logged back on and i don't really miss it so i don't know if i'm going to return or not (laughs) so find me on instagram you can send me a dm you can send me all the memes i'm here for it so just you know find me and and send me fun stuff
0: that's it right there you know um now that I think about it you know there are times I'll be like walking around doing whatever I'm like, oh man I forgot to post this on Instagram <laughs> like it's not really important to me <laughs> you know but I never did what you did like just let me take 30 days off or let me just take six months I've never done that before you know pretty interesting pretty interesting <laughs> but like we always say um go ahead and follow us and let the sponsors know that you heard about them through the m-w tactical podcast and we do appreciate everyone who listens to the show just remember that once the youtube channel hits 1000 subscribers we will come back and do the live showing to give away the prizes that we were promised that we're going to give away but as we always say keep shooting keep practicing and have fun y'all take care now y'all be safe